Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Bishop. Praise the Lord. Praise God. God is so good, isn't he? Isn't he good? Amen. All the time. Praise the Lord. I tell you, folks, it's so good to be back here. Amen. In Newark, Ohio. Um, I have great, great memories of being here, and it's just so good to see all the wonderful, familiar faces, my precious brothers and sisters. And it's so good to see some new ones, too. Amen. We thank the Lord for that soul that went down in the waters of baptism this morning. Amen. Praise God. I tell you, folks, we talk about miracles and signs and wonders. There is no greater miracle than when a soul is regenerated. When that person is put under that water and that old nature is cleaned up and washed up by the blood of Jesus Christ. Come up out of that water to walk in the newness of life. My, my, my. That's a miracle. Anytime someone receives the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's a miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm so thankful. Amen. For, for my sister being baptized this morning. And let's give the Lord a hand clap praise for that. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. And usually when, um, when I talk with folks that, uh, that have received uh, the born-again experience, uh, being born again is not the end of the thing. It's just the beginning. That's the birth. Amen. And once a baby is born, you don't sit there and celebrate and say, okay, little baby, you're on your own. No, that baby needs to be trained and fed and cared for. Hallelujah. And uh, usually I like to to tell folks there's three things, three, three habits, habits that you need to begin right away. Three things is very important. Number one, when you're starting this walk with God, one of the first things you need to do is you need to read your Bible every day. That's a good habit. Amen. Read your Bible every day. It don't have to be a whole book. It don't have to be a whole chapter. Amen. Two or three verses. Even the parts you don't understand. Amen. Because this word of God is more than ink on paper. This is spiritual food. Amen. And just read that word and digest it because it's a blessing. It's a blessing. So that's one habit you need to start right off the bat. And some of you that are not reading your Bibles, you need to get back to reading your Bibles. Boy, I'm starting something now, ain't I? Man. The second thing that's vitally important to your success in living for God is not only reading the Bible, but you need to pray. You need to build a relationship. Somebody say relationship. relationship. You got to build a relationship with God. Prayer is communicating with God. Amen. And it's not a one-way communication. Because when you get that word in you and you start praying to the word, something begins to get stirred up inside of you. And the God that you talk to will begin starting to talk to you. It's relationship. So that's vitally important. Begin that right away. Amen. I like to tell folks, just set aside 15 minutes every day. 15 minutes. Just say, you know what? I got an appointment at 315. And I'm going to pray for 15. Anybody can pray for 15 minutes. Amen. 
So begin a time of prayer. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. And number three, don't miss church. Don't miss church. This is where you're going to get your nourishment. Most of your time is spent out there in the world. Amen. And there's all kinds of spirits out there. All kinds of stuff that's out there. Amen. And so we need to be in this atmosphere where the power of God is moving and, 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 and precious saints are here together. Amen. Ministering. Oh, you talk about ministering to one another. That was so beautiful up here. I saw one young lady get up and come up and she began to praise and worship. All of a sudden, a whole bunch of young ladies gather around her. I said, man, let me get my camera and get a picture of that. Because that don't happen everywhere you go. And then it happened over here. A young man began to pray and all these young, all the young men, I tell you, that's something. That's something. When, oh, yeah. These young men. Nobody was saying, go up there, go on up there, go up there. They didn't do that. They saw somebody praying and they began to minister one to another. That's a strong church. That's a strong church. Praise God. So we need to cultivate that and that only happens when we're in the house of God. Don't miss church. Praise God. So if you do those three things, not just for my sister here, but everybody. If we cultivate those three habits, we're going to grow stronger and stronger in the Lord. And we'll be really ready and on fire when he comes back for us again. Can you say amen? amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. And also, while I'm up here rambling. Oh, man. Sometimes, you know, when you got something really, really good and it's your own stuff, sometimes you take it for granted. I'll tell you what, every, there's not been a time I've not been here where I have not enjoyed that horn section. I have the piano and the violin. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, if it was possible, I'd love to have them come travel with me. <laughs> just, just get on the stage first and just play until I get ready to preach. But that is so special. Let's give them a hand, too. Come on. Amen. Praise God. We appreciate that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Tonight... Amen. I have a word for you from the Lord. Amen. I know it's going to be a blessing to you because it is a blessing to me. So if we can stand together in honor of God's word, well, I'm going to direct your attention to the gospel according to St. John and the 18th chapter of the gospel of St. John. We'll begin reading at verse number 33. Hallelujah. And I'm going to go all the way down to verse number 38. Then we're going to dig in and see what good nuggets God has for us tonight. John chapter 18, starting at verse 33, the Bible says, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and he called Jesus. And he said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? <laughs> Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself? Or did others tell it of thee? Man, I love the way Jesus talked back to people. <laughs> Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom 
is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Oh, here's a good one. Here's a good part. Everyone, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Is anybody hearing Jesus? Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Pilate was like, I don't know what y'all people are talking about. There's nothing wrong with this man. You call him an insurrectionist? You call him someone that has violated your law? You saying this man is worthy of death? I can't find no fault in him. Hallelujah. And so that's why I'm going to take my title from tonight. I'm going to talk to you on this message. I find no fault. I find no fault. Oh, glory. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm hungry. Anybody here hungry? Man, I'm hungry for the word. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, God, you're so good to us, more than what we ever deserve. Now, God, we want you to speak to every individual in this place. God, let our ears be open, our spirits be open to receive from you, almighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for baptism in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Oh, God, we pray that tonight there'll be a multitude of people that need it. They would receive it and they would obey it. We give you all the glory and all the praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the whole church say amen. amen. Now together, let's do what the Bible says. Clap your hands. Praise God, God bless you, and you may be seated. I find no fault at all. Now, there are some people in the church, some people, not all, but truly there are some people who feel it's their own personal ministry to be fault finders. Being a fault finder is the easiest thing to do. It takes no talent to be a fault finder. It takes no brains to be a fault finder. It takes no special character to be a fault finder. And there are some people in the church, and I'm going to tell you, in case you don't know, this is the greatest church in Newark, Ohio. Amen. We got the greatest congregation. We got the greatest group of young people. We got the greatest pastor and pastor's wife. This is a mighty church. This is a glorious church. 
Now, some folks say, well, but we got this problem and we got that problem. Fault finder. Some people walking around and all they can do is, oh, it's too cold in here. It's too hard in here. Preacher, preach too long. Always finding fault and then finding fault with one another. Oh, my goodness. What, what's the problem? You think you're going to find the, the perfect church? That's some people on a mission to find the perfect church. I want to find the perfect church. Well, let me tell you something. If you find the perfect church, don't join. <laughs> Because you will mess it up. <laughs> Fault finders. Glory to God. Amen. All loudspeakers are not hooked up. Just because they talk aloud don't mean they know what they're talking about. Amen. Amen. But you would be surprised how many fault finders that were around in the days of Jesus. And amazingly, they tried to find fault with him. As you look through the scriptures, you find incidents where people said, as we mentioned this morning, he sat down with sinners. What, 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 how can this man, does he know what kind of woman she is? Does he know what kind of man he is? I can't believe Jesus is going into the house of sinners. I'm telling you, I'm so glad he walks where sinners walk. He goes where sinners go. I'm glad he'll go places you wouldn't dare go. Hallelujah. Because he loves us so much. Fault finders, fault finders. Never mind he straightened out the man's withered hand. Never mind he straightened up the woman's back. Never mind the miracles that he performed. The problem was it was on the Sabbath day. Fault finders. Another one. He said, look at Jesus. He didn't wash his hands before he ate. They said that. People just looking, just watching, just looking for any little thing they could find. He's sitting there eating his food, and he didn't say grace. How do you know he didn't say grace? He might have said it in his mind. Jesus didn't wash his hands. You know what the Lord said? It's not that which is on the outside that makes you filthy. It's that which comes from on the inside. You need to clean up your own kitchen. Amen. Oh, it's going to get tough in here tonight. I can tell already. <laughs> Fault finders. Everybody say fault finders. <clears throat> they let the man down on the bed. And Jesus walked over to the bed where the lame man was laying. And before he said, be healed, rise up, take up thy bed and walk, Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven thee. And that upset a whole bunch of people. People got angry. Did you hear what he said? He said, thy sins be forgiven. Don't you know only God can forgive sins? Well, here is a flash report. Only God can say, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. <clears throat> Fault finders. Amen. They're constantly looking for cracks in the armor. They're constantly looking for people making mistakes. They are fault finders. But brothers and sisters, I am so thrilled that the God that we serve, he is not in the fault finding business. Because if he was, every last one of us would be in trouble. Because there's not a perfect person in this room. And if you happen to think you're perfect, would you please stand? I want to shake your hand. 
thank you. Nobody's standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God does not look after our faults. Amen. He looks after our needs. When I began to look through the scriptures and see some of the greatest people God ever used, all of them had problems. All of them had setbacks. All of them had issues, just like all of us. When we look at the story of Jacob, Jacob was a supplanter. Jacob lied. Jacob was a cheater. But when God talks about Jacob, God said, Jacob, I love Abraham. Abraham is known as the father of the faithful. But did you know there were incidents when Abraham doubted God? He doubted God. He didn't think God was able to protect him. He told his wife, said, girl, don't you tell him you my wife. That old king, he'll kill me to get you. Tell him you my sister. What's wrong, Abraham? You doubting God? Absolutely. He didn't think God was able to protect him. But you know what God said? God said, I don't look at his faults. Abraham is my friend. God called Moses out of a burning bush, gave him a Holy Ghost assignment to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt from bondage. And Moses was afraid. Moses was fearful. And Moses had a temper. They called him the meekest man of the Bible, but he had a temper. And who, who, who wouldn't blame him dealing with the knuckleheads he had to deal with? <laughs> and he had some knuckleheads, let me tell you. Them people complained and bickered and bellyached. God brought them through. They forgot about what God did, start complaining all over again. And the Lord told Moses, said, listen, those people are thirsty. They complain about the water. Go to the rock. Take the rod in your hand and hit the rock. And you only hit it one time. The next time you need water, speak to the rock. Moses was so upset with those hard-headed, stiff-necked folks, he hit the rock twice. He disobeyed God. But God, when he referred to Moses, he called him Moses, my servant. Hallelujah. Oh, let me tell you something. When I think of David, the greatest king of Israel. David had a lot of faults. David made a lot of mistakes. He was an adulterer. He committed murder. He had a man put on the front line on purpose that he might be killed. So to cover up his own sin. But when God speaks of David, he don't bring out all the negativity. He said, that's a man after my own heart. I'm glad I serve a God like that God because every time that old lion accusing devil comes around and points his finger at you and says I remember when you did this and remember when you promised that but you didn't do it and you got this fault and you said that and you had that bad thought you need to tell the devil devil you a liar I am washed I am clean I am justified by the blood of Jesus Christ hallelujah God don't see my faults he sees my needs. God said in the scriptures, I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. God is able to cast all your imperfections into the Father's sea. For as far as the heaven is above the earth, as far as the east is from the west, and never remember them against you again. Oh, that is so wonderful. I remember when I was brand new in the church, I didn't know all this good stuff. Brothers and sisters, we got some good stuff. Amen. When you get in the covenant with God, he has given you some rights. You need to know what your rights are. I remember when I first got in church, man, I'm trying to live for God and doing the best I can. Surely I made some mistakes. I had some bad steps. Amen. 
I took three steps forward and fell back two steps. Amen. I promised God I wouldn't look at this and I wouldn't listen to that and I wouldn't be around these people and I end up looking at it and listening to it and being around it. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm so disappointed in myself. I know better. I shouldn't have did that. And that old devil comes around and says, you right. You old hypocrite. You know what? You weren't ready to live for God anyway. It just wasn't your time. Amen. But, uh, but, but the Lord did this for me. Yeah, okay. Don't go to church no more until you're ready. He'll talk to you and try to bring your spirit down. And, talk, and, some of, and you know what? Some of us listen to the devil more than we listen to God. I come to church, the devil said, oh, you came to church tonight, huh? Well, don't you get too excited. Sit as far from the pulpit as you can. Because you know what? God is mad at you. So you better not clap your hands. You sit there and listen to him. You in church, everybody dancing and shouting and clapping, but you won't clap. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. That's right. You're not worthy. And you better not put a smile on your face, you old hypocrite. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'm just, I'm just blessed to be here. And don't you, get, don't you dare get up and dance. Don't you dare get up and dance because if God sees you, he's going to strike you with a bolt of lightning because you ain't nothing. You're a false prophet. You're a false Christian. You should know better. You ain't nothing. You're just a bad mistake. And we listen to him. Oh, I ain't no good. I'm not worthy. I got so many problems. Oh, you're listening to the wrong voice. There is something called the blood. The Bible says if we confess our sins to him. God, this is what I've done. You've known everything I've done. 2,000 years ago, you knew I was going to do it. And you hung on that cross just for me. Now, Lord, I confess I'm a sinner. I messed up again and again. And he is just. And he is faithful to forgive you again and again and again. And he will wash you from all. Woo, hallelujah. From all. All unrighteousness. Praise God. And you can stand up and you can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and tell the devil where he can go. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. God is not in the fault finding business. I can't find no fault in him. I can't find... Matter of fact, I can't find no fault in a lot of things. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. No fault. I can't find no fault. One of the first things I want to talk about is I can't find no fault. It wants to say no fault. No fault. I, I, I can't find no fault in the word of God. No fault. Woo! This book. Ain't another book like it. There never been a book like it. There never gonna be another book like it. That book is holy. That book is sacred. That book has power. Glory to God. That book is a hammer. It'll knock down everything that don't need to be there. It'll build up everything that need to be built up. That book is a sword. 
glory to God. It's the sword of the spirit. It's our weapon. It's our weapon. Glory to God, this book, hallelujah, this is what we do our battle with. When that old devil came around to Jesus, hallelujah, and tried to tempt Jesus, Jesus said, it is written. Glory to God, what did Jesus do? He used the word on him. The devil can't stand against the word. The devil can't stand against the sword of the spirit. Glory to God. This is warfare. Living for God is war. It's not some picnic. It's going to get rough. You're going to be tested. You're going to have tribulation. Oh, my Lord, but you need that word to be your anchor. That word will give you stability. That word will give you a made-up mind. You don't go by what you see. You don't go by what you feel. But you stand on the ever-living, loving word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this word will continue forever and ever and ever. We need the word. It's our sword. It's our, it's our machine gun. We are in battle. What soldier is going to go to battle without his gun? You are insane to go out on the battlefield unarmed. Amen. And if the battle is your weapon, why would you come to church? Without your weapon. Quiet. It's real quiet. You know, Pastor, I'm telling you, it, it, it blows my mind. Jesus is coming. We don't know when, but we can sense it. Signs all around us. I believe these are the end times. The devil is doing everything. He's working overtime. He's taking no vacations. He's trying to bring people down. He's trying to wear the saints out. Everybody busy, 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 busy. And we come to church and we're low. We're very low. Preacher, come on, fill me up. Preacher, inspire me. I need a word from God. But nobody's at home reading the Bible. How do you know? Because they're not bringing it to church. Well, Brother Easter, they're going to have the scriptures on the screen. Let me tell you something. You need more than scriptures on the screen. You need that word. Whoa, glory to God. That old-fashioned. I'm talking about old-fashioned church service. When that word is in your hand and when God begins to move, he'll speak to you from that word. And that word will stir up inside you. Glory to God. We need to get a hold of it. We need to embrace it. We need to memorize it. We need to love it. If you have a Bible, bring it with you. Come armed and dangerous. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Don't depend on technology. And, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to mess up now. I'm getting ready to mess up now. Well, Brother East, I got my iPhone. That ain't no Bible. That's not a Bible. The Bible may be on it, but that's not a Bible. Because the iPhone, that's good technology, and it's good that it has the Bible on it, but it has 100,000 other things on it too. 
And I don't know how many times I've been to service and people take their iPhones and they go to the little Bible thing and they got the scriptures all on it. And when the man of God gets to preaching, all of a sudden they move over to the emails. You don't think nobody know you reading your emails. Your face just is blue. nothing but a distraction it's a trick of the devil get yourself a bible and bring it to church with you hallelujah because there's nothing like the word of god i can't find no fault with it oh that bible is powerful that bible is precious the scripture says forever oh lord thy word is settled in heaven every scripture is given by inspiration of god it's a lamp unto our feet it's a light unto our pathway. Oh, to every God-blessed believer, this Bible, to the warrior, it's a sword. To the workman, it's a tool chest. To the preacher, it's the message of the good news. To the sower, it's the seed. To the teacher, it's the book of understanding. To the fisher of men, it's bait. To the shepherd is food for the sheep. Yes. That's this word right here. Yes. If you're not saved, if you're not living for God, I'm going to tell you what this Bible is for you. If you are born in sin, this book will show you how to get born again. If you are dead in your trespasses, this book will bring life to your life. If you are slave to addiction, this book will set you free. If you're living in darkness, this book will bring light. If you're ignorant of the will of God, this book will bring you wisdom. If you don't believe, hearing the word of God will bring you faith. If you're troubled, it'll bring you joy. If you're hopeless, it'll bring you hope. If you're on your way to hell, it'll show you how to detour and get right with God. I can't find no fault with the word of God. Hallelujah. Somebody say no fault. The Bible contains, somebody said, the Bible contains 810,697 words. I don't know if that's true or not. I ain't going to count. <laughs> the average word in the Bible, the average word in the Bible is only about five letters long. Five letters long. And these five-lettered words are powerful. Just five little letters, words like, Grace, peace, faith, saved, serve, glory, Jesus, Jesus. Little letters, but those words can change your destiny, those words can change your future, those words can change glory to God, it can change your life. There's nothing like the word of God, it's the oldest of all books, and still today it's a bestseller. The interest in the Bible is worldwide, it's read by all classes of people, all races of people, and in all languages. Written by mostly uneducated men, but yet it is the best example of literary perfection. There's no book like this book. 
Nations have tried to discredit it. Kings have tried to destroy it. People have tried to ignore it. But they can't do nothing because the word of God is the word of God. It's not man's book about God. It's God's book to man. We need to love that word. We need to embrace that word. We need to cherish that word. I can't find no fault with the word of God. Oh, my, my, my. Let me tell you something else I can't find no fault with. You see, I wrote all this stuff down. I can't find no fault in the cross. In the cross of Jesus Christ. I can't find no fault with it. See, people, people have, some people have lost, amen, their reverence for the cross and what it represents and what it means. We are so we are thousands of years removed from the execution of Jesus Christ. And for some of us, it don't it don't affect us the same way it, it affected them. Hallelujah. But oh, if we could go back, if we could go back to the beginning, hallelujah, at the cross. At the cross. When I first saw the light. Hallelujah. And the burdens of my heart just rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, the devil, the devil ain't all that smart. The devil not all that intelligent. The scripture says if the devil had only knew what he was doing in crucifying the son of glory, he wouldn't have done it. Amen. He wouldn't have done it. The devil saw Jesus up on the cross. He said, I got him. I them now every prophet God ever sent I took them down they're all buried they're all dead and so is this one and truly he died truly he was buried but on the third day on the third day he rose up from the grave victorious with the keys of death hell and the grave it happened at the praise God Hallelujah, hallelujah. I can't find no fault with the cross. It's more than an emblem. It's more than something you wear on a chain. It's amazing how many people are just so, so ignorant to what the cross really is. The power that's in the cross. It's amazing how religion has cheapened the cross. Sometimes you find these, these uh, uh, people out in the world, cross earrings, cross necklaces, cross belt buckles. That don't mean nothing. Amen. That don't mean some of these churches, they got crosses in their windows, crosses on the steeple. Don't mean nothing. Just because you got a cross don't mean you know who Jesus is. Amen. Man, I see these, uh, these crazy hip-hop artists or these covered-up tattooed football players and athletes, boxers. After they got bloodied up and beat the other guy to a pulp, they interview him. And they said... How does it feel being the champion? Well, first of all, I'm going to give honor to my Lord and Savior. I'm like, hold on, what, what did he just say? <laughs> we give an award to the hip-hop artist of the year. This guy out here, records are so nasty, children can't even listen to it. And they give him an award, and he take the award. Yeah, I want to thank the man, the man upstairs. 
must have something wrong with this picture here because the God they serve is not the God that I serve. The cross they wearing on them ain't the cross that, I, whoa, that I'm talking about. There's something powerful about the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because what did Jesus do on the cross? He took upon himself our sins. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The payment for peace that was given to us, he paid for it fully. He bled. He died. He suffered in our place. Every curse word, every profanity, every act of adultery, every sin you ever committed, the Bible says it was nailed to the cross. It was nailed to the cross. Hallelujah. The cross set you free. The cross pronounced you innocent of all charges. I can't find no fault. I can't find no fault. Hallelujah. The preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that perish, but to us who believe, it's the power. It's the power of God. Somebody say no fault. No fault. Let me tell you one other thing. One other thing I can't find no fault with. I, I can't find no fault with living holy. You know, holy some people think holy is a bad four-letter word. We don't hardly preach on it no more. Amen. Holiness. Without holiness, no man going to see the Lord. Amen. Living holy is just as important as Acts 2.38. Yes. Hallelujah. We're living in a world where they don't know the difference between right and wrong. They're taking darkness and light, trying to mix it together. And God forbid when that worldly influence starts moving into the church, to the place where you can't tell a sinner from a saint. And it's gotten that bad. Oh my God, we, we don't know how good we got it. Being holy people. Another word for holy is sanctified. That means to be set aside, to be separated for God's purpose. God saved every last one of you, not for you to do your own thing. Hallelujah. He said, don't you know you don't even belong to yourself? You've been bought with a price. Hallelujah. You and you were slaves to sin. You thought you were doing what you wanted to do, but you were doing everything the devil wanted you to do. But now you've been set free and captive again by the Holy Ghost. And we are servants of the Most High God. We're not free to do what we want, wear what we want, go where we want. We need to line up. I say we need to line up to the standard that God has placed before us. Holiness! Holiness makes me happy. Holiness makes me feel good. Because I tell you something, even if there wasn't a heaven, holiness would still be the best way to live. It's a clean life. It's a separated life. Hallelujah. And we should not be ashamed of being holy. The darker the world gets, the more we going to stand out. Amen. And we ought to be happy to stand out. We ought to be ecstatic to represent the kingdom. Oh, Lord, sometimes I get to thinking, man, I wish I had the Holy Ghost when I was in high school. Boy, that would have been a trip. 
Man, you young people, you are blessed to have the Holy Ghost at your age. Glory to God. You don't have to try to fit in with the crowd. You don't have to try to be accepted by your peers. There's only one whose exception I want. There's only one who want, I want to be pleased with me. Hallelujah. We are called to be different. We are called to stand out. We are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. We are the children of the most high God, and I'm happy about it. Amen. The devil's kids, they don't care about representing darkness. They are bold. They are loud. They get out here with their hair all different colors, spiked different directions, all kinds of metal in their faces. Half naked walking around, don't care if you like it or don't like it. And to them, the crazier you look, the more accepted you are. Amen. I remember one time, I went, I went to a 7-Eleven one morning and I was in line, you know, and I'm going to pay for whatever I had. And I'm just in, in line, minding my own business, looking over there, you know, looking over here. And all of a sudden, I just happened to look in front of me, and there it was. <laughs> I looked, it was dressed in all black. Chains all across the belt and chains around the arm. And I couldn't tell if it was a woman or a man. I was like looking at it. My goodness. Then that thing turned around and smiled at me. I said, whoa. I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whew, I wasn't ready for this. Its lips was bright pink with black liner all around it. Circles round the eyes, eyes were painted blue and purple and green, had sparkles on the face and metal studs sticking out. I looked at that thing, I said, Lord have mercy, did they know they looked like that when they left the house? What in the world? They didn't care. They didn't care. And they turned back around, I was like, oh man. And then other people was walking in the store, I'm like, I'm gonna watch them. And this guy come walking by, you know, he walked by and he looks, he was. <laughs> that thing, you think they was embarrassed? No, they were smiling. They enjoyed it, amen. They don't mind shocking people. The crazier it is, the more they like it. That's the world. They don't mind looking the way they look. And if they don't care, why in the world would Holy Ghost, Apostolic, one God, blood-bought children of God be ashamed to dress right, talk right, live right? Hallelujah! I don't mind standing out. I don't mind being different. Somebody say, Holy! Holy! Glory to God, when that trumpet sounds, I want the Lord to have no problem knowing whose side I'm on. I don't want to look like the world, act like the world, smell like the world, do nothing like the world. I want to be holy. I want to be right with God. I want to be in that word. God, how do you want me to dress? How do you want my hair done? How do you want me to live? Amen. Holiness involves everything, even your thoughts. Yeah. Bible says, let the mind of Christ be in you. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. Yeah. It involves every bit of us, and we need to get back to it. We need to study it. We need to love it. We need to embrace it because ain't nothing wrong with it. 
years back, we had some of our young people, they were losing their minds. Coming to church, looking all, what in the wrong? What's wrong with you? You know we don't teach that. Well, I just got some questions. They were coming under peer pressure at school. Peer pressure. Peer pressure is a real deal. They were being pressured to conform. The Bible said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed in your mind. You got to get God in your mind. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And they was being, they were being tempted to, to, uh, to, to adjust to the world system. Because that's this thing of, I want to fit in. I, I want to be liked. I want to be accepted. I don't want to be an oddball. If you're going to live for God, you're going to be an oddball. God wants you to be an oddball. Amen. He said, you are mine. Glory to God. Back in the days, uh, well, Bishop, uh, not, my, not my days, but back in Bishop days. <laughs> back, <laughs> back, back in Bishop days, they call you square. You, know, you don't fit in. You don't fit in. You're square. You're square. You know. And, no, no, you know, ain't no need inviting him to the party. He's a square. Oh, no, no, no. You, you don't want to talk with him. He's a square. What you mean? He don't smoke. He don't drink. He don't chase girls. He's a square. She don't wear this. She don't do that. She don't do that. She's a square. And the world try to ostracize you and make you feel like you're missing out on something. Right. You ain't nothing but a square. But guess what? I looked in the Bible and in the book of Revelation, John talked about that city. Twelve thousand miles high, twelve thousand miles wide, and the city was a perfect and only square <laughs> gonna fit in that city. Woo! Hallelujah! I don't mind being a square. I don't mind not fitting in. There's a city with my name on the road, and I'm gonna go. Somebody say, no fault. No. There's nothing wrong with this. There ain't nothing wrong with this. And it doesn't matter who it displeases as long as it pleases God. Amen. As long as God is pleased, I don't care what you think. As long as God is pleased with it. Because I'm dedicating my life to serve him and to please him. So there's nothing wrong with being holy. There's nothing wrong with dressing holy. Amen. Be careful not to follow the world's pattern. Amen. Somebody say, no fault. No fault. All right. I've got about two more things I want to talk about. The next one, I can't, I can't find nothing wrong with this. I can't find no fault in our worship. Amen. Can't find no fault in the way we praise God. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I know there are people that's not used to this because you used to go into the cemetery church. <laughs> Amen. Ain't no life in that church. Ain't nothing going on in that church. Cold, dead churches. Religion. That's what religion is. Cold and dead. Yes. Amen. All you, you just sit there, you just show up, and everything's quiet. Shh. Get real quiet. The only person you can hear is the preacher. And they call that respecting the word, respecting the man of God. You get a little bit excited, they got special ushers. <laughs> 
They got special ushers whose assignment is to get you under control. You get a little too happy and moving a little too much, they walk right over to you. Stop. Stop. Sit down. Sit down. You're out of order. Everything should be decent and in order. My goodness, don't you know where you are? You in church. Some church is so quiet, you can hear your hair growing. That's, that's quiet right there. Amen. Some people are so used to forget that that's why people don't know who Jesus is that's why people are so so messed up religiously because they are missing out on so much this is not a library this is not a cemetery this is a house of praise this is a house of deliverance this is a house of power this is a house of renewal this is a house of revival Glory to God, ain't nothing wrong with clapping your hands. There's nothing wrong with shouting hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with jumping up and running around the building. In fact, we could use a little more of that. Hallelujah, when we worship God, it's body worship. It's not just a lifting up of a hand. It's not just a lifting up of a voice. But when we worship, we put our body in it. We put our whole, the Bible says all your mind, all your strength, all your heart. That's what real worship is. And when you worship the way God wants you to worship, your whole, your whole body's involved. Right. Amen. And the greatest way to get your whole body involved is to dance before the Lord. Amen. And it doesn't matter what you look like when you're dancing. Amen. Because right. when I get up here and I start dancing before the Lord, I ain't thinking about none of y'all. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And sometimes I do a little turn around and I look and see people looking at me. I'm like, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> Don't be looking at me. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for him because this is what he likes. This is what he, come on. We need to do what he wants us to do. We need to pray like he wants us to pray. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. He is worthy. He is worthy. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. My Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. Sometimes I get, I get concerned because some people, you know, the longer they stay in church, the cooler they get. That's why I love new people, new converts. They all jumpy. Man, you may tell me all my sins are washed away. Oh, this is exciting. I want to tell everybody what happened. Folks told me that when I first got in church, they said, give him six months. He'll calm down. Ain't going to happen. Cause he gets better and better and better every year it's better every year I'm learning more I'm growing more hallelujah I can feel him more nothing wrong with our worship <clears throat> we design our worship according to the scripture we follow the pattern of the scripture clapping of the hands the dancing of the feet the lifting up of our voice with a loud some people don't like that. Man, y'all too loud in that church. Music all loud. Preaching all loud. People talking back to the preacher. Why is he preaching? <laughs> What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. But you can't help it. It's designed to be that way. 
Because when the anointed word is being preached from the pulpit and it comes across the congregation and you've been reading your Bible, that word gets stirred up on it. Woo! Glory to God. You little, I can't keep still. I can't keep quiet. Jeremiah said, it's fire. Shut up in my bones. I can't keep still. I can't stay. Thank God for people that's on fire for the Lord. I thank God for people that gets loud. Amen. You get nervous when we get loud down here. You ain't going to like it up in heaven. The Bible says there's legions of angels. Multiplied thousands upon thousands of angels. All saying with a loud voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God likes it loud. Amen. When I first got in church, I didn't understand all of that, but I wanted to do everything God wanted me to do. In fact, I went home and practiced. I went home and practiced. I saw people in church dancing and standing out and doing all that stuff, and I, I'm like, man, that looks so cool. I want to do that, but I don't want nobody looking at me. Amen. And then I didn't know exactly how to do it because I came out of the nightclub. And the dances they did in the club won't fit in church. <laughs> and that's all I knew, you know. <laughs> what do y'all know about that? <laughs> but that's all I knew how to do. And I was sitting there and said, man, oh, I want to praise God, but I'm going to look really silly out there. And, you know, and so I said, I'm going to practice. When I got home, I put on some gospel music and I went home and I was like, I couldn't quite get it. I said, but something inside of me, God was telling me, worship me. Worship me. I said, Lord, I want to worship you, but I don't want to get out there and look ridiculous and not knowing what I'm doing. Worship me. Put your heart in it. Put your mind in it. Amen. Put your strength in it. I said, you know what, God? You've been so good to me. I'm going to do it because I'm asking you for this and I'm asking you for that. And this is the one thing you're asking of me. Worship me. I said, Lord, I'm going to do it. And that, su that Sunday night, praise God, that music was playing. People was shouting all over the place. My heart got to beating real fast. And I said, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. I'm going to praise you the way you want me to praise. I'm going to praise like David. I'm going to shout like King David. And I just sat there and I said, one, two, three. And I stepped out in the aisle and then the music ended. I said, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. Give me another chance, Lord. I'm going to do it, Lord. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to hesitate because you are worthy. Yeah. I said, okay, Lord. Next time it came around, man, they started singing and dancing and clapping their hands. And I'm looking around and some people praised and some didn't. But I said, I'm not going to be one of those that don't. I'm going to do it, Lord. And I stood there. and It was hard for me at first. It was really difficult because I kept thinking people, people going to be looking at me. People going to be looking at me. And then some people going to make fun of me. Especially little kids. Because in my church, they like to play the game, who is this? And I said, you ain't going to be playing me. No, sir. 
That thing bothered me and bothered me for a while until one Sunday night. I tell you, there's some Sunday nights you don't forget. That one service, we had a guest preacher come in. That young man, he was so anointed on fire. He was screaming and hollering and preaching. And I'm on the edge of my seat just feeling the energy of the Holy Ghost moving all over the building. And all of a sudden, he stopped and looked right at me. And I went... <laughs> He came down off that platform. He stopped and looked at me. He said, you, young man. I said, maybe he's talking about somebody else. <laughs> like, Mike, 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 what, what? He looking at me. He said, you, God's been dealing with you. I want you to stand up. You talk about everybody looking at you. <laughs> I stood up, man. He said, step out into the aisle. I'm like, oh, Lord. No, Lord, no. Step out into the aisle. Oh, man. Oh, man. What are you going to do? I stood out in the middle of the aisle. He was right down here in the front of the church. He looked at me. He said, the Lord is in this building. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He said, young man. God is going to give you liberty. He's going to break the shackles. He's going to break all the hindrance. And you're going to be totally free. And I'm sitting there going, well, my heart was beating so fast. I'm like, oh, Lord. And then he said, son, I'm coming down there where you are. I'm going to lay my hands on you. And when my hands touch your head, you're going to feel a surge of Holy Ghost power you've never felt. And you're going to be completely free. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. And when I open my eyes, that brother was coming down that aisle in slow motion. <laughs> he got real close to me. His hands went up in the air. I said, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And he got right close and he started, his hand was coming down on my head. But before he touched me, before he touched me, somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. And I know, I know, I know it was the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. It was the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Oh, let me tell you. Man, one arm went that way. True. Another arm went back that way. One leg went out like this and the other one shaking like I was president. I mean, I looked like I got plugged up into an electric socket. Everything was moving. No rhythm. <laughs> but the more I did it, the better I felt. I said, the more I did it, Somebody need to get loose in here tonight. Somebody need to get plugged in tonight. The more you do it, the better you're going to feel. Somebody say, no fault. No. Can't find nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with our worship. It's the greatest experience. And the devil will try to give you all kinds of excuses. All kinds of excuses. We... And we got them. Well, Brother Easter, I'm too old. My day is past. 
No, it ain't. No, it's not. I got arthritis. I've got problems in my elbow. I can barely move. Well, move the little bit you got. If it ain't more than a little finger, move that little finger. Praising is the best I can do, but I'm going to give it to God because he's worthy. You might be a young person, hallelujah, and you worried about what folks going to say. Let me tell you something. Ain't nobody in this building died for your sins. Ain't nobody in this building paid the price. Oh, God. Hello. Hallelujah. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for him. Worthy. Hallelujah. No fault. No fault. And the last thing on the list, I find no fault in this glorious apostolic doctrine. Nothing wrong with it. You talk about blessed people. Blessed are the people that know that joyful sound being filled with the spirit speaking in tongues you are blessed blessed are the people that know the name of the Lord for the name of the Lord is a mighty strong tower and the righteous can run in and be safe oh man this doctrine is powerful this doctrine is solid this doctrine is scriptural. Ain't nothing wrong with it. When I first got at church, there was a lot of mysteries I didn't understand. I was brand new. I didn't have no real church background. And I didn't understand what they were teaching. I didn't get it all overnight. Amen. But I said, I'm going to learn. I'm going to study. I'm going to stay steadfast. And I begin to open the Bible and come to Bible study. And I begin to read the material pastor was putting in my hand. And everything suddenly started coming together. And then at one point, I even, in talking to somebody at work, telling me I was wrong, I started searching for loopholes. I said, well, if this, if this is wrong, then it's got to be in the Bible where it's wrong. And I started looking. I started looking for reasons why it's not right. Amen. And they were telling me, you don't need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I said, but it's in the Bible. Yeah, it's in the Bible, but it was Peter. Because Peter denied the Lord. He had to use his name. And, 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 and he baptized the Jews in Jerusalem. That whole nation denied he was the Messiah. They had to use his name. I said, but wait a minute. If Peter preached it to the Jews only for them, and he disobeyed Jesus. Because Jesus said, take this to all nations. It's out of balance. Something's wrong. Then some other preacher, I sat down with a preacher. Man, man pastored a church for, I don't know, maybe 50 years. And I didn't want to argue or debate or try to prove nobody wrong. I just want to go to heaven. And there ain't no 331 different ways. Amen. Methodist way, Baptist way, Episcopalian way, Catholic way, Jehovah Witness way, Mormon, everybody got a way. The Bible says there are many ways that seem right, but it ends up in eternal death. I said, Lord, what is the way? He said, I am the way. I said, wow. It's right there. The instructions are right there, laid out in front. All you got to do is rightly divide the word. 
Amen. So the Lord taught me one day, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Don't build your doctrine on just one verse. Get two or three verses that agree with it. Amen. And I said, okay, Lord, I want to know about this baptism thing. That Holy Ghost thing, that was easy. Because there was a bunch of folks telling me, that's not for us today. Tongue talking and stuff, that, was, that went out with the apostles. And you can't talk in tongues anyway unless you got an interpreter. I said, you don't even know what they're talking about. I understood that part. I ain't deal with that. Because I was a tongue talker. And when it happens to you, can't nobody take that from you. Hallelujah. When it happens to you, can't nobody take that from you. Glory to God. Because when I came up out that water and the preacher laid hands on me, he said, lift your voice and begin to praise him. God filled me. He filled me. I don't know about you, but he filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I began to speak in other tongues. So I had that straight. But the baptism was the question. That was the question. And I sat down with that pastor and I said, Pastor, I said, I, I just want to understand, are there two ways to be baptized? He said, no, there's only one way. And that is in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, just like Jesus said. I said, okay, well then all the apostles baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Well, that was for then. When did it change? And show me where someone in the Bible got baptized in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost. Nowhere. Nowhere. All through the scripture, they baptized in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Jews got baptized in the name of Jesus. The Samaritans got baptized in the name of Jesus. The Gentiles got baptized in the name of Jesus. Why the name of Jesus? Because neither is there salvation in none other. Because there is no other name. There is no other name. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Well, you've been to Bible college for eight years. I don't care. The Bible is not going to change for your Bible college. Well, I wrote so many books. I don't mind you writing books, but you didn't write that one. Well, the TV preacher said, how many TV preachers you listen to? You better quit listening to them jokers. You better get in that word. And the word is clear. And the word is concise. We must be baptized in that name for the remission of all of our sins. The name is the name of Jesus. That's the name of the Father. That's the Father's name. Well, what does it say that in the Bible? Jesus said it. John 5, 43. That's the address. Jesus said, I come to you in my Father's name. How did he get his father's name? Another verse said he inherited me. That is high above every name that is named. That at the name of every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess to the glory of the father. That's the father's name. What's the name of the son? Jesus. An angel came to Mary and told her what the name was. She had no choice. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. That's the name of the son. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? It's the name of the Holy Ghost. Jesus told the disciples, I pray that God will send you another comforter. He's going to be with you forever. And when the Holy Ghost comes, John 14, 26, that's the address. You better know the address. When the Holy Ghost comes, he's coming in my name. Not names, one name. One name. 
hallowed be thy name. One name of whom all the family in heaven and earth is called. One name where we gather together in that name. He gathers in among us. One name when you get sick, call on that name. When you need deliverance, call on that name. When you get baptized, call on that name. No fault. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we are blessed beyond measure. Because every church on every block don't preach what we preach. Every church on every block don't preach what Paul preached. Amen. Amen. There are some churches that wouldn't let Peter get up and get in the pulpit. Because Peter tell them the same thing he told them right there. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We are blessed. And if there's any church in this town that ought to be excited, it ought to be us. It ought to be us. We are the light of Newark, Ohio. We are the light. We are the spiritual hospital where people need to come to be saved. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together, shall we? <coughs> Praise God. Praise God. I can't find no fault. Oh, God, help me to be what you want me to be. Help me to do what you want me to do. There's so much more to this than what we're experiencing because some of us have been listening to the wrong voice or some of us have gotten too comfortable and set in our ways. <laughs> Hallelujah. But oh Lord, refreshing our eyes, refreshing our spirit, refreshing us one more time. Oh God, give us a desire and a love to please you. Help us to recognize who you really are. And every being, every being is given to love you and worship you and to exalt you. Amen. You don't belong to yourself, brother. You belong to him. And God don't want just a piece of you. He don't want a part of you. He wants all of you. And I know that when people don't give them all, it's hard. Listen, when you live for God, easy. Everybody wants easy salvation. Don't cost me nothing. I don't have to change. I don't have to do this. Easy. When you live for God, easy, it's hard. But when you live for God, hard, it's easy. <laughs> It's a joy. It's a joy. Hallelujah. I hear, I hear the music. It sounds familiar. I'm not sure what that song is. What is that? Huh? Oh! I knew it. I can't stop praising. So you know what I'm, what I'm going to ask us to do in the closing of this service? If there's anyone here that needs to be baptized correctly. In the name of Jesus Christ, you make your way down. Let the mighty know. Say, I want to be baptized according to the Bible because I don't see nothing wrong with it. If you're baptized in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, everything's wrong with it because it's not scriptural. And nobody got baptized that way. They always baptized in Jesus' name. When did it change? When the Catholic Church came into existence. When they set up the Pope and the idols and the worship of Mary 
They changed the baptism to Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They did it, not God. If you've been baptized any other way, sprinkled, whatever, it's time to get it done right. We will do it right. And we got Bible evidence. Amen? That's right. So if you need to be baptized and you desire to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you got to be ready to walk in obedience with God. Amen. If you live for God right, God will do his part right. We invite you to come and, and, and tarry for the Holy Ghost till you're overflowing, speaking in tongues. Praise God. And you need to be baptized. We got a baptistry here and a change of clothes for you to change into. But the rest of you, Holy Ghost filled people, you need a refreshing. You need a renewal. Some of you have been sitting too long. Some of you have been watching other people too long. But now we need to say, God, I want everything. I don't see nothing wrong with it. I want to be pleasing to you. So we're going to sing this song, and then we're going to invite you to take somebody by the hand and say, don't let me go down front by myself. I want you to come with me. And when you come, I want you to don't look around at people, but I want you to look at Jesus. And I want you to sing with all your heart and feel after his spirit. Amen. As we sing this song, if you need to be baptized, come. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? You come. If you want to just come and please the Lord, I want you to come and just worship and praise him the way you're supposed to, the way you're designed to. I can't stop praising his name. Sing. Church, would you come?